Welcome to Tales She Told Me, a podcast featuring honest conversation about what it means to be a woman, a mother, and in business. I'm your host, Farah Haydar. Today, we will be discussing showing up authentically, and joining me is Simona Spark. Simona is a transformational coach, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, podcast host, international speaker, and course creator. Before she became all that, she was a mother who raised her child while moving to three different continents and six different states and countries. She's a woman who healed her story by being brave enough to break the rules and make her own. So Simona, I love that intro. Like you, I have moved around a lot and I can tell you that my experience, and I don't know if you share this, is that it's very hard sometimes to maintain a sense of self and identity. You kind of become this tapestry of all the places you've lived in. You know, I usually tell people, you know, when I'm here, I'm from there. And when I'm there, I'm from here. But my heart is always divided amongst all these places. And it took me a very long time to start integrating all of my experiences and self into one authentic presence in the world. So I am now going to turn it over to you. And I'm going to start with the first question, which is how did you learn to show up authentically? Like, what is your story? Well, thank you for having me here. Uh, my story is on 256 pages of yeah. my book. Which we'll be talking about. Yeah. You're not going to read it here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shameless plug. Go buy the book, Raising My Voice, <laughs> The Memoir of an Immigrant. Uh, but I love how you explain um, how you share. And thank you for that. Like just like being part of this and being part of that and losing the, the sense of self. I will say, though, that in retrospect, of course, I didn't feel that one in the moment. But in retrospect, it actually, I recognized that I never lost myself. What I was been doing, I was evolving And with every country, every place, every experience and everything that happened in my life is just um, shifted my identity little by little. So I get to be who I am today, which is totally not totally, but it's just like different than who I'm going to be tomorrow. I have this. framework in my business uh, where I actually encourage people to uh, look in the mirror every morning while brushing your teeth and know, get to know, get curious and meet this, that person in a mirror because she's a new woman that was yesterday. Tomorrow, I'm going to be a new person because this experience is going to shift something in me and whatever is going to happen till the end of the day is just living little prints and little influences and shifting little tiny, tiny parts of us that get to be shifted and evolve. It's enough to us as a whole wake up as a new person every day. So, in retrospect, I like to, and I build a business on that, of looking at everything that's happened in our life. It's, uh, it's not to lose the sense of self, it's just to get closer to who we really are. Yeah. Because this is a process of, of, it has been a process of hiding. Of, of hiding through 
very, very sexy, sexy strategy, as I like to call them, on who do I need to be or how should I behave so I could please you, so I could fit this box, so I could fit this stereotype, so I could, uh, who, who do I need to be when I go for a job interview? How should I behave? How should I uh, move my face? How should I gesticulate or what dress should I wear so I could get the job? Yeah, and I don't but think- all that effort, it's it's one hundred percent not authentic. <laughs> but don't you think also that, like, just as someone who has immigrated, sometimes like my accent, I worked on it because having an accent, people make assumptions, right? Like, oh, you're not from here, maybe you don't understand, you know. And I even see this sometimes ordering at a restaurant. You know, if somebody walks in, they look like an immigrant, let's say they're wearing hijab or something like that. People actually, they talk louder. (laughs) Yeah. Have you noticed that? Like as if that person doesn't understand. And sometimes that person's English is like far better than, than anybody else's. So do you think that part of it is because you were an immigrant? No, 100% no. Big part of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And here's the thing though. (laughs) I think the whole English second language and accent for me personally come to a full cycle like two days ago. Okay. Well, for the past 13 years since I I moved in U.S., when I moved in U.S., I speak zero English. I knew how to count from one to 10 and I knew all the bad words. That was my vocabulary. (laughs) So two days ago, I have somebody in my private group commenting on one of my videos accusing me of having a fake accent just to appear being interesting and I was laughing so hard I'm like I can't believe it that for the for 13 years I've been dealing with this where are you from you have an accent you're not good enough you're an immigrant you're here to steal our jobs our men blah 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 blah. all the shit that it's put on immigrants right Mm -hmm. And two days ago, somebody actually accused me that I have a fake accent. I'm like, yes, (laughs) was just such a validation that who we are and how we show up. When people are triggered about who we are and how we show up has nothing to do with us. It only speaks about where they are, where they believes are, what doesn't sit well with them, but has nothing to do with us. Absolutely. I always tell people what someone says about you has nothing to do with you, even if it is about you. So, so showing up authentically obviously takes courage, takes bravery. What are the payoffs and what are the downsides? Uh, The, the, Payouts and the downsides, um, they, for me at this point in my life got to be the same thing. I have this saying, and I make this statement publicly over and over again. I wake up every morning with one intention only to help a person to move forward and to trigger a person with what I'm saying. Because for me, both of them are equally valuable. If I get to say something that inspires you to take a step towards your dream, I done my work. If I say something that kind of stop you in your track and you're like very triggered about it, I done my work. Because that triggering part where, where all my life I've been, I've been just trying so hard to avoid it 
and I blame myself for it and all, all the bad things end up being the biggest gifts though. Because when somebody says something and doesn't sit well with me, it's just a signal to go in and see what is it inside of me that doesn't let me accept this perspective or doesn't let me like unconditionally open a loving space for this person. Because yeah. it's nothing to do with the other person, right? And it's like, oh, is that part of that is feeling insecure? Oh, it's that part that is being hurt and it's in hiding. Or is that part that just needs a little bit of attention, a little bit of care? Mm-hmm. So I'm someone who uh, loves her triggers. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking about this topic over and over again. And I'm someone who, if there is no triggering in my space, I'm going to go look for it. Because when there is no triggers, it's a signal for me that I'm comfortable. Yeah. All it's good. And not to say that I'm looking for drama, which I do love me some drama every now and then. But it's to say that uh, maybe it's time to steer some shit up because yeah. I'm too comfortable right now. Yeah, and I know, and I know, right? and I know for a fact that we are never done. We are never healed. We are never overcome everything. We, we always evolving. So have you ever felt like, tell me about a time when you felt the need to hide an aspect of yourself or your life to maybe make a relationship or a business deal or, or something work, you know, obviously before you came to this realization about authenticity, but Right. Well, I've been doing that all my life, really. I've been doing that all my life. Like specifically, you know, I think the biggest challenge was when I moved to United States, like not speaking the language. And I also, you know, I've been a single mom. My kid was six at the time. I have no friends, no family here. And, you know, I'm like, okay, it's time to create a, a different life, a better life for myself, for my son, for our future, uh, but I can't speak the language. So not only all the logistics, you need to have a residence, you need to have authorization to, for work, blah, 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 blah. But also it's like, what do you get when you don't speak the language? You get close to nothing. Yeah. And, and it was this pull, it was this frustration of, I'm a smart woman. I know things, I could do things, I'm skilled, I'm intelligent, but yet none of that matter because I can't speak the language. So then you have this uh, people treating you like you're an idiot yeah. just because you can't speak. Yeah. And that was probably the biggest, biggest, uh, the heaviest load that I need to care for about a decade, right? To, to let people treat me like shit when I knew that I'm not, but I didn't have the words and the language to defend myself, to take a stand for myself. So I don't know if this answers your question. No, it definitely does answer (laughs) my question. But what I'm really curious is about is, did you have like an aha moment? Like one moment where you were- Yes, I did. I did. My biggest aha moment when it comes to language and, and I think this is going to be helpful, not only for immigrants, not only for, you know, English second language speakers, not, but also you could apply in different spaces in your life. My biggest aha moment was my kid. We are two weeks in, I'm kidding you not, two weeks into the United States. We are at the park. He's playing with kids. 
and I'm here on the bench reading Romanian English, English Romanian dictionary, don't freaking understand why do I need to pronounce the things different than how they've been written, mm-hmm. like that was one yes. line, and try to do, uh, to, to learn something. And then I just overheard a conversation between the kids, my kid included, mm-hmm. and I got closer and they have a full on conversation in English and I did not understand a thing. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, as someone who truly believed that's not able to learn a second language, and that moment I make the decision, I'm going to learn this language. Yeah. Because I don't know when I kid it saying. Yeah. So I know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a moment when I think in everyone's life, when you get into the point when you don't get to choose, you don't get to hide, you just have to make a decision like, it's not that I need to, I have to, it's like, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's so funny. It's, it's, we just have these moments sometimes and they, they just, um, they just trigger us in, in so many ways. So you, you obviously work with a lot of women, correct? Do you find, I guess, what is your biggest lesson in authenticity that comes from these women? Like, what is their aha moments that you've heard a lot? You know, is there some commonality or is just everyone just unique? Yes, everyone is unique. And I don't even want to discriminate between men and women. I work with all genders and I work with all sexual orientations and I'm an advocate for LGBTQ community, regardless of what's going on in this country at this point. Um, and it's a big part of my mission. And what I'm learning is the, the only held back is our story. The only held back is our story. It's our uh, old coding, if wish, how we grow up, how we've been raised. Um, and then this, the authenticity, again, it only comes through when you really get to be who you really are. Yeah. And it's going back to, you know, when you were born. So what I want to say by that is like, when we go through all these challenges in life and and the courage is there to get up, the courage is to get up. The courage is not to how to be authentic and how to be confident. You were born with confidence. You were born worthy. You were born authentic. What happened was the life, the family, the society, the well-intended people around you slap all the things on you and now as an adult you find yourself going through challenges and challenges why because who you were you are not now you are like pretending of being somebody else based on all those beliefs that have been put on you right so when we take layers and layers out we get closer to who we are and then authenticity is just it's effortless yeah. You don't have to learn it. You don't have to do something to become authentic. You just have to heal your story to, to be who you are and who you are. It's authentic. It's real. It's, it's confident. It's worthy. It's all the things. So you, you mentioned something that was, I, I kind of picked up on it and it was really great where you said, you know, well-intentioned people in your circle have put stuff on you. Do you think who, who do you think does more harm, the well-intentioned people in your life or the, you know, the random, I don't know. I always felt like the well-intentioned people put more harm on you just because 
you, you think you should believe them, right? They love you. Yeah, but it's coming from a place of love, though. It's not coming from a place of the harm is not intentional. Yes. The intention is, especially we are talking parents here, like parents are the, the first that, that guide us in life, right? And it's like, I just, uh, I'm looking at my own parents, okay? And it's like, they have such a hard time. I don't even know how they survive. <laughs> so I didn't have the best childhood, far from it. But again, in retrospect, they really did the best. And whatever restriction they put in my life was with the intention of protecting me from, from the worst and the evil that they believe in. Yeah. So, and, and it's extended to, to cultures as well. And it's it, like, I see that I live in Europe, I live in US throughout the country, I live in New Zealand and, and I travel a lot. And uh, my, my main intention with traveling is really tune into other cultures and learn from other people how they do life. And the common dominator is everybody what is telling you no or is telling you what to do, how to do it, how to live your life. The, the, the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the intention is protection. So it is coming from a loving place. It doesn't matter how messed up I appear at the surface. Mm-hmm. Like one of my, uh, one of my friends um, was saying the other day, and, and I was so agree with that. It's like nobody's sitting around, especially as a parent, and think of a strategy and how, what can I do to really mess up this kid? <laughs> yeah. Nobody does that. Not even the bad people in our life. Look, I was married with an abusive man and it was tragic and it was awful. And the whole thing is in a book. Um, and I hated it. And I have so much anger and I have so much hate towards that man. I can't even explain. But afterwards, when I heal, I realized this man has been really hurt. He's, he's been hurt, he's been in pain, he's been insecure, he's been having his whole thing. And everything that he did was not necessarily with intent, I'm just gonna mess her up. Not even the day that he put me out in the street with the kid in the middle of the night in pajamas in a freezing winter in New Zealand and didn't let us come into the house. To that point, you know, like, like <laughs> that was probably the final piece that I needed to heal, to really understand and to pour some compassion and say, what have someone do that to his wife and child? Yeah. To wake them up in the middle of the sleep, put them in the street, barefoot, in pajamas, in below 10 degrees winter and stay there for hours. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard, it's like, it's a hard well, thing it's to do. Me, right? Yeah. And, and people are like, how you forgive something like that? Well, you forgive it when you get into a space and you say, hey, I did not deserve that. I did not did anything to be punished in that way. It's all on him. He has his own demons, his own things that, that led him to that action. Yeah. And I get to forgive him and free myself from all that anger and hate, or I get to just pound around it for the rest of my life and miss my life. We always have a choice. Yeah. So let's say you meet someone and, or, or someone's out there listening to this and they're like, I don't know, maybe there's, there's things I could do more authentically, or there's, what do you think is like kind of the first step on this journey or the first realization? Speak up. Yeah. speak up 
as someone who has been silent of her life. Uh, even when I wrote my book and I bring myself into a space like, okay, I'm going to publish my story. I'm going to talk about all the things, all the things that nobody knows about me. The biggest traumas in my life, nobody knew about me. Not first husband, not second, not third, <laughs> not my own child. Nobody knew about it. And I got myself into a space of healing. This is something that it's not for me. This is something that doesn't happen just to me, happen to others too. So I'm just going to publish the story and let people read it. Um, um, and, and I didn't have a title. <laughs> I have all the book on the wall. I have like 21 chapters. I have all the stories, all the characters. The manuscript was at the publisher. I got the publisher contract. It was like, but we don't have a title. What's the title? <laughs> And, the, and when, you know, going through it over and over again, the title just naturally come raising my voice. Yeah. Yeah. The, that was the first step from the very beginning. I was saying things and I'd been shut down. I was having an opinion and I'd been told you're not allowed to because you're the youngest of three. I was saying something in school, a new perspective, and the teacher says that I'm wrong because it's not in a textbook. So all those things has just got me silent and destroy my self-esteem, right? So until you do the healing and you realize that who you are, it's inside of you and who you appear to be is just somebody else's perspective that you allow them to model you into this pretending person. <laughs> and the first step was speaking up. I'm going to say it. Till this day, in my live videos, in my tradings, I mess up words. I mispronounce things. I have people accusing me of fake accent. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's like, it's speaking up. It's speaking up and speaking out. And it's hard, okay? I mean, if you hear, listen, it's like, yeah, easy to say, hard and do. Crap, it's hard. But you could start very small. You could start as small as telling your partner, I don't want sugar in my coffee. But you should drink the coffee with sugar because, you know, it's too bitter and it's going to be pleasant to be sweet and just say, but I don't want to. Start with that or whatever. This, this is, I don't know why that come into my mind. Um, oh, so when you speak it, yeah. up and you speak out, it's when you get your power back in the process of that, you also identify your boundaries. Yeah. And, and you know what? Saying I don't want to is reason enough, right? Like it's reason enough. I find like a lot of women say, oh, I, I, I can't do this because, and then they'll give five reasons. And it's like, you not wanting to is enough. It's just enough. We have the fantasy to justify and to explain because, uh, you know, uh, we've been living a life of pleasing everyone and for, for good reasons, though, because we want to feel included and we want to be liked and we want everybody to like us. But it's impossible. And do you want seven and a half billion people on this planet to like you? No, I don't. That's too many people. <laughs> So, um, you know, and then they do have those things like, no, it's a full sentence and whatnot. And there's so much out there. We have access to so much free training online, right? Yeah. But it's coming down to, I personally, in, at this point in my life, is just living my life very simple. I like it. 
I'm asking for more. I don't like it. I walk away. And that applies in everything. The things that I do in my business, in my dating, do I see this guy again? I like it. I want to say, I don't like it. I walk away. I'm not saying there over dinner to tolerate a conversation because I want to be nice. I don't need to be nice. It's like, dude, you don't look like the person in the picture. I'm out of here. But I made reservation. I don't care. Goodbye. It's like, it's simple as that because I no longer need to please anybody. Well, Especially small. people that I don't know and I have nothing to do with. Like, no. Yeah. Why my, my time and my well-being and my space and my joy and my happiness is it comes first. Finally. It's been a journey, but now we are here. And you cannot put me back in the line of my own life anymore. It's just not going to happen. Well, Simona, thank you for your voice and for raising it. I'm sure a lot of people are going to benefit from this conversation and they benefit from your training as well. It was a pleasure having you. For the listeners out there, if you want to hear more from Simona, her story is out for the whole world to read in her best-selling book, Raising My Voice, The Memoir of an Immigrant. You can also listen to her Bear Lifestyle podcast or visit her webpage at www.simonaspark.com. Links below in the show notes. As always, I'd love to hear from you about this episode. What does showing up authentically look like to you? Hit me up on Instagram or Facebook at Farah Haydar. Also, I'm giving away a PDF of some of the best quotes we've had on the show. Beautifully designed to print, cut, paste, whatever you like. Email me at Farah at FarahHadar.com with quotes in the subject line. Talk to you soon. Till then, chase your happy.